What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the 18th installment of Dogs Football Podcast. Actually, the Dayton preview, as we've talked about how we were going to have today on this Friday with your host, Nick Malone, joined by my co-host, Noah Lurch. Noah, what's going on, man? We are already here week three of the season. We're excited. Oh, yeah, we are excited coming off a... Tough loss, at, tough loss at Kansas State, but we are moved on past that. We are looking forward to bringing in the Dayton Flyers, and we're going to get into them shortly. And we are ready to end the non-con schedule on a, on a high note and a game where we think we should definitely come out on top. We will get to that here. But we also want to talk about something very important, as we talked about. If you guys listened to our recent basketball pod, we went into more detail than we will on this one because we know – the game coming up, we have more things to talk about. But, Noah, as we know, Liz Jardigan, who got canned about nine days ago, out of, all of a sudden, because we talked about how we talked to her at the SEMO, uh, you know, in, uh, whatever, whatever it's called. I can't even think of the name of it. At the restaurant. And she was really nice, as we know. She's done a great job all these years, Noah. But after the sudden firing, we didn't know. But it has come out now that she was legit fired amid alleged abuse cover-up on the women's uh, swim team. Noah, let's get into some details. We know this does not look good on the program, does not look good on the school. Yeah, this does not look good at all, and it's just as soon as we, as soon as I found out from Todd Heverman at 9.24 p.m. on last Thursday, called you and told you, and we were just both in shock especially since we have had conversations with Liz herself and we would, wouldn't even put something in our minds that she would actually do this. And it's just a shame this has happened now. Yeah, she's, she hid it all because it goes back to October 9th. Uh, there was a meeting with the equity. This was October 9th of 2020, sorry. The equity and compliance office where Liz Jarnigan was present and they discussed these issues where the – Swim coach, there were two athletes that came about and spoke about issues in the past dating back to 2019 and maybe 2018 about stuff that either harassment uh, uh, emotionally and sexually in terms of words and what he would do. He would threaten to take away scholarships. He would, you know, touch their thighs and mention the, the clothes that they would like the wear they would be wearing and a lot of like deep and dark stuff, Noah, that he would get into that there were two athletes, as I mentioned, that came out recently, sent Austin Lane an email on September 7th, then Liz was fired two days ago, that Lane was notified of what happened, two athletes got in touch with him, and we questioned how, you know, because he got on about July of last year, and if this meeting happened in October, that we find it hard to believe that even though he was only, what, four months on the job, that he would still have to make... Uh, you know, meetings like this to depth for compliance to make sure everything's going smoothly and things are going the correct way, that it is a little weird, isn't it, that he wouldn't have known about it. But we talked about how he fired Liz after knowing that she had covered it up, and we know that they try to talk to her. This is from the Daily Egyptian, so shout out to Brian Munoz for posting this. Everybody go check this out. That uh, it was posted that Obviously, she got fired, but then we haven't heard anything on the coach. Noah, Jeff Hansen is in some deep crap. We mentioned why, because it is the athlete's words against whatever that they, you know, they're coming out with this, but it has to get to the legal stuff. It has to get proven, obviously, as we know. So we'll just talk about it because, like I said, go listen to more on the Dogs basketball podcast, the most recent one. But, Noah, 
Uh, overall, they can go look at all that stuff, but this is obviously deep crap for the program and stuff that we think Jeff Hansen will get fired at some point. We're thinking this will stick, and as long as, as, long as they do everything correctly and it's all evens out the way in the end for the, the, for the right thing, we're hoping they're doing the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. Not only does this make our athletics look bad, this makes our university as a whole just look bad, and it's, it's a load of crap that this is the way this has happened and what's, it's unfortunate, which – we put in trust in these people to do the right things and they get all this power. And when it comes down to it, they, they stash away information that they needs to be known. And it's affected our university as a whole. We've lost seven women have left the program in swimming. I'm sure that takes a hit on the swimming numbers and the, the team as a whole. So it's just, it's a crock. Yeah, it takes away what they can do in their future if they're even at our program. Like we said, we're thinking Hanson will get fired and how people look at the school in general. Uh, and as we talked about how, yeah, when, when you know this stuff happens, these are college kids. You know, we heard all different stories about people when they were younger that this has happened to that in all different kinds of ways. And we're not in legal anything. We're not anything to know the details of this. But if you know something's not right, and obviously they're the coach. They've had success in the swimming program that they don't do anything about it. But we'll leave it at that. Very unfortunate. It looks awful on the program as we talked about. We're hoping everything gets uh, you know, wired out in the good way moving forward. So everybody go check out more of the details on the Dog Basketball Podcast, the most recent one. So that's awful news. And Noah, quickly, uh, Todd had a post about uh, the three-phase, what is this, the three-phase uh, approach in terms of to cut $3 million a year for the next three years off of the athletic department. That's $353 million budget, but includes their, their raising salaries 2% for the SIUC employees, which we talked about. Makes sense. We hate it from our athletics perspective. We don't like it at all. We will never agree with it with doing something like this. But if it obviously they're focused more on the academic side and the other employees within the school that makes the school itself, even though we know the athletics is a big reason why the school is known. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it it's going to take some – if it's over the next three years, that's going to take a hit on a lot of programs. It's going to not even hurt – it's not, it's not going to hurt the bigger programs as much as it's going to hurt – we have a new soccer team or the smaller programs that we mentioned we cut tennis – so it's just going to take an effect on the athletics as a whole, and it's just I know I know that Liz was I was told Liz was fi- fighting against this, which it just sucks that now she's been apparently hiding stuff, and now it's gotten her fired, and now that we know that she was fighting against the cuts, and now we don't have that person in there to fight against those cuts. Exactly. And the fact that she was helping in that cause, that it's something total different, something that you obviously never want to deal with, that would be the reason why she's gone. We mentioned the search that they will have a new NAT. Uh, they will search nationally for a new AD, and that uh, Matt Kupik, who has been the SAU Foundation guy, he's been filming, and he is officially now the interim AD, so they'll be looking for a new one. Yeah, this does hurt because we know all the money we want to spend for basketball. If we get far and we get in CITs or NITs, we have to pay for all that stuff. It hurts the pay in recruiting. It hurts uh, all kinds of stuff. You mentioned the top programs, how maybe it doesn't hurt them as much. And you're right. But, yes, this newly soccer that we found out their coach is now gone. We don't know if that's involved with all the bad stuff. Not sure. We don't know. But it is weird because their season just got going. And they have a game, as you mentioned, tonight on this Friday at uh, SIU. So, 
it does sink, and we don't know how, you know, if programs like that are not going to be here in these three years. And it says the three years, but this is arguably our peak of football and basketball, we think. So it does take a hit. Again, we hate it. We understand from the academic and all that standpoint, we want to go towards more of that. But that is a lot of money, a lot of money, $3 million a year for the next three years. So we'll leave it at that, how much we do not like that for obviously for the big sports that we cover on here. So, oh, well, we'll see how that plays out over the years. I wanted to mention quickly before we get into the stuff before the Dayton game, the ever important home opener. We mentioned before the college and Kimball, uh, Kansas state podcast. That's uh, Todd was on that. We listened to that and talked about that on our pre-show before the Kansas state game. I listened to them cause I know they talk about the game that we have. And it's just funny. Cause obviously they were frustrated that a team like us, of course, stuck with them and they thought they should they should have blown us out. And they mentioned the Skylar Thompson injury, why that was a reason we were in the game. And we, we talked about that before, how why we take advantage of that. But they honestly I didn't hear any credit for us on I think they mentioned how it was a warm up game for their games moving forward, but they didn't really give us all that much uh, credit for the how well the job we did defensively, especially in the second half and you know, they mentioned how Deuce had not fumbled since his sophomore year of high school, I think. So they mentioned that, that he obviously forced fumble there. They didn't give us any credit. So I wanted to mention that. So shame on those guys. But we did say good luck to Kansas State the rest of the way because if they beat the good teams moving forward, that looks better on us. So we're past that game. Should have won it, but we're past that. And Noah, let's get into some other things. The Buccaneers and Titans are the recent NFL teams, the reigning champs and your Tennessee Titans for visiting practice this week. We talked about how – they were in on him. I think Todd was on that podcast before that saying how these teams have been on him. We know he's being involved with a lot of stuff at the end of the season. Bryce Notree, who will get an interview with him here shortly. There, a lot of teams are looking at guys like him and obviously everybody else. So we'll keep those NFL teams rolling. My Chargers have yet to make a trip. We'll be looking forward to that. There was a tweet, Noah, about sack hunger that the, bat, that the football team was staying was involved with here coming up, if I could find it. Obviously, we know how important stuff like that is for certain games. It said Moreland Bishop McDonald's uh, and the Salukis are once again teaming up to Sack Hunger in, in Southern Illinois. For each football sack this year, Moreland Bishop McDonald's is donating $40 to gumdrops to help feed children throughout the SIU. So we love seeing this kind of stuff, don't we? Absolutely. That's uh, that's great to see. I wish there would be more things that happen like that, but let's hope or defense can get after QB and get a lot of money for them. And a lot of sex. We mentioned Anthony Knight is really close to breaking a certain record. Keep an eye on that for Saturday. And, yes, uh, we'll, we'll plug it, but pledgeit.org slash Shalukis I'll say that again. Pledgeit.org slash Shalukis Sack Hunger. We we're going to plug that because that is important, as we know, even for from a fan's perspective. So moving on now. Uh, Nick Hill was recently on the doghouse that Brian Mullins po- uh, hosted. They talked about him being a walk-on for that one season when Brian got there. They joked around about him uh, knowing that Brian was coming there, that he quit because of that. It was really funny. We only watched the first part of that. only came out today, right? So everybody go check that out. That's a, It's a 13-minute interview. I'm sure it's great. Uh, there was a post about Noah that every week it looks like Mike will be posting about uh, all of our star players and how close they are to records. He first will get to the first two he's been mentioning, but Javon, he's now fifth in career rushing touchdowns, sixth in career overall touchdowns, and 11th in career rushing at SIU, which is crazy. He's been as good as he has been for a little over three years, and he's got even two more years after this one. 
unbelievable. And we know we talked about how he wasn't used as much down the stretch in last game that we're hoping he makes his mark in this next one. We'll get it more into that down the road. But it's crazy seeing, Noah, how prolific we know in the past. It seems like how good we've been at the running back position that Javon's climbing these boards. That just shows how dominant he's been over the last couple of years, hasn't it? Yeah, he had a great start to his career. We 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 assume that it'll continue to get even better. Hopefully, we know he has a crowded running back room, but he gets the ball even more this week. And he was our leading rusher this past weekend. Yes, we will be counting on him to continue. We've been we hate using around the the goat word loosely, but we've been using it for him. It's kind of funny, but we know how important he is to the team and how he will leave his legacy one day here. Avante is now ninth in career reception, seventh in career receiving yardage, and, ten, and tied for tenth in career receiving touchdowns. He will keep flying up the boards. He was he was holding to an extent. We know the missed opportunities last week, but he, after his dominant week one, we're expecting him to dominate again against the Flyers coming up. And then they had one on Landon recently. I believe if I could find it, of course, I, I must have scrolled through it. We know how close Landon is to all of these uh, records as well. Uh, let's see if I can find it. We know he's been ready for the game. Okay, it says here he is third now third all-time in the past. He's been third in receptions behind Michael and Cornell Craig, as we mentioned before. Now fourth all-time in career receiving. So I don't think that has moved in any front. We're hoping that that extends. And he says he's keep climbing. He is blessed. And we'll get to more what the players have to say here shortly. Uh, but, Noah, let's get into now a quick recruiting update in terms of our recruits. We know we're aware some of them will be making the game tomorrow. We've been in touch with one of them. Uh, but they have game, and actually, it was, we'll just say, it was Jimmy Lansing who we d- had the pleasure of DMing with because he listened to the pod, us talking about him, and he, he hasn't yet, but he mentioned a link that we could watch his games. We're really awesome with that. But uh, all these commits are underway tonight, aren't they? Yeah, they are – Assuming they're just now kicking off here at 7 o'clock, usually like all our games. Um, getting around the league, we have uh, actually our Luther North boys are on the road tomorrow, so it does not look like they will be able to make the game. Um, they are headed to Westminster Christian. Both teams are 1-2, and two, so hopefully our boys at Luther North can get back on the right track. Speaking of, Jimmy Lansing will be here tomorrow. We talked to him he said it'd be great to meet us. They are on the road tonight. They are one and two, so hopefully they can get back on the right track as well. And Ryan Chanley, they are on the road today at three and Cartersville, Georgia. So Cherokee High School has a tough opponent today. Hopefully the boys down there. We wish all all of them the best of luck. Without a doubt, we know some of them have come off to the slow start in their season. But we're hoping we know all of them are showing out. We hope we saw Brian Brown's highlights last week. So he is on fire. We're hoping the others are too as well. We mentioned the ones that will be here tomorrow, Jimmy and Charles Young, Noah, <clears throat> someone who I think is making his decision, I'd say soon. Uh, what did he say? 10, I think it said October 10th, pin the date. He said that in early September that he will make his decision. He will be at the game tomorrow. Miles Marshall will also be here. Miles Marshall and – I think there's one that uh, Daniel Daniel Mora. Daniel Mora, he tweeted like he was going to be showing up too, right? Yeah. So all these guys are going to be on the field at the game. That's And they are – it is amazing because this is a game we know that we think we will dominate, hopefully, that these guys will see how good we are, that I'm glad they're coming to this game, really. So 
Great to see all those guys. And there was one, Pierce Humpich, Noah Wright. He is, he got wished good luck this week from the football program. And he's a, he's a, he's got a lot of things in on him. That he's a, he's a nice recruit. Yes. So anything else on that front? That is it on the recruiting front. Like I said, we wish our commits and recruits best of luck on this weekend games. So let's hope we can get those guys in here tomorrow, show out for them, and maybe seal the deal for some of them. Without a doubt. Now let's get into this week. We understand there was one interview that happened. We'll talk about the one that came out today, though. Bryce Notre, the ever-important guy on our defense, had a chance to talk with Mike for a couple minutes. He was first asked how he thought they fared in the Kansas State game and if they should have or could have won. He agreed. He gave props to the defense because he was asked how good the defense was. He said that they played really well and agreed because Mike asked him about uh, if he thought their defense, because it looked like, and it looked like to all of us, that they were matching up with speed for the most part outside of their big plays, matching up with them, especially in the second half, with their offense and our defense. And he agreed that they played and played their, their speed matched up with their offense. He gave amends because he because they talked about Kevin Glacian and how good he's been for us, and he really has. And Bryce was talking about how uh, his work ethic, how great it is having his experience, what to expect. He helps all these guys out in terms of what to expect, what to do. He mentioned Bryce mentioned how he's always at the you know at the program and in the weight room and at the facilities early. But he mentioned how Kevin sometimes is there too because he sees his locker full, so he knows somewhere. He's in the building somewhere because all the stuff's in his locker. So Kevin is – he's bringing that pro mentality. He really is. He's hes committed. He's got the work ethic that they talked about that obviously we're seeing on the field so far, and he's got aspirations for the next level. Maybe some of these teams are checking in on him. He knows where he came to. He knows where he transferred to. So it's great to see them talk amends about other players on the team. And then he asked Bryce about how he feels himself, and he says he feels great after these first couple games. And he talked about, yeah – feeling that way after the first couple games of football, knowing the short off season, but he says, and he said, which sticks out and it's true. It's what you do when you're away from the facility, what you do when you get home, what you do when you're not football related, that that's the difference in staying in shape. And uh, he preached that a lot. And obviously we believe him and it. We're thinking it's going to show up the rest of the way for him. And he also preached as everyone will here shortly that we'll get to that. They preached uh, pack the pound, which we've yet to mention the hashtag going around that we expect people to, a lot of people to be at the game tomorrow, hopefully. Noah and then uh, Zebion Forkron had his interview with In the Doghouse. We did preach that on Monday. It happened on Monday uh, from 6 to 7 because we talked about it on the on the post-Kansas State. And they were talking to him about uh, the team and how they were down for the count early. It looked like when they are down 14-0, but they didn't give up. It seems cliche as usual, but he preached how much adversity the team has been through, the ups and downs. And how much they've gone through that they didn't count themselves out at any point, even the start of the game when it looked ugly. He he taught they talked about the defense and how much it balled out and kept them in the game, he said. And there's and he mentioned how the offense, that there's always hope with the offense that we have, even though they didn't, but he said overall, not really in that game, because we know it didn't wasn't all that great in that game, but overall, there's always hope with the offense that we have. He says how prepared they are for games in general, but definitely games like that. That obviously there's you know they're they're not scared of anything they're going to go and prepare like a treat like it's every game that's how they went about it. They talked about the FBS and FCS talent gap. He says that he's been around the block obviously this last six years and seen a lot of talent 
that it wasn't that big of a drop off with talent between them and us. That he also he mentioned guys like Jeremy Chin, who are a prime example that obviously FCS talent works its way to the next level, so it doesn't matter. And he said, uh, he said we have ballers here, like they have ballers there. I love that quote. And then he def- he was asked that we've obviously talked about before with the Hero Sports rankings because he was asked that if he's one of the best offensive linemen in the country, of course says he is. He said watch the tape. And he says that because they mentioned that article, they didn't say names. We know exactly who he's talking about. That he was left off that, but he said it's okay. It's no big deal. It's his, like I said, his uh, highlights speak for themselves. And he preached, or they talked about the other players on offense on how when he said that you can't count the offense out, but they went into detail about uh, all the certain uh, studs on the team that we know we have. And he preached uh, how perf- how they're perfectionists with the stars on our offense, and he went a little bit into that, and then he ended with, of course, they want a lot of people at the game. I remember the Paxton guy in them said they want thousands and thousands, like up to the full capacity that our stadium can even have. We're expect, we expect a big crowd. That's saying a lot for, for a full capacity. We know likely that's not going to happen. We will get into that here in a second. But he said we want people scared to play here. And, of course, that's the case. That's the case with football and basketball. We want that atmosphere to have people not want to come to Carbondale. So that was a great interview with the captain. No, wouldn't you say? Because obviously, with this first time we've talked to him, we know how important he is. After we win, he's the one who leads everything. He's the sole captain on the team. We know him and Bryce lead the walkout every single time. So it's great to see him. We know all these guys will be fired up for the game. Absolutely. We know those guys, especially Big Z, what he's done for this, what he's been through and what he's done for this program. We can't thank these senior guys that's been here for so long enough for what they've done and then yeah like you said it's it's time this this football team's not mediocre anymore this is a national title contender it's time for this southern illinois crowd to get out there and pack it out i'm not saying we have to put fifteen thousand butts in the seats we need to put we're gonna have a guest attendance game here but we can at least halfway filled up halfway make it look and to the students, I know you guys probably don't care, but pack the pound. I mean, I don't even, I'm not even going to refer to the dog pound anymore because it's not really. We know the band will fill up that part of the section in the yeah. in the southeast corner. But, yeah, the students really don't, can't even get into it. We've talked about with Brian Mullins how he's going to try to do something. I know Nick Hill is probably doing the best he can to get the students out, but Let's pack it. Let's let's show some appreciation for what what the group we have, and let's just let's come out rain or shine. I know there's changes of rain in Carbondale, but rain or shine, let's go out there and show show what kind of support we have for this football team. Yes, and you mentioned the pound, and we understand the dog pound. The SLU dog pound has a Twitter account, and they are posting tons. I know they posted a hype video I think earlier today. They are everywhere, so they're doing their best to get the word out there. Uh, and yes, you mentioned how some maybe students don't care, and we know the the far side is the we don't know how well Dayton travels, but you know, that side's usually for the road team fans. But we've sat other at we've sat over there before, so you know we've seen the pictures in the past of recruits posting that it shows like a full house, and we do expect that because this is the best we've been in a long time, but. Uh, yeah, we'll get into the attendance, what we think. We'll give our predictions on that. So, yeah, overall, we're expecting big. All these players want it, so we give it to them. We roll into that saying how hyped up all these players. The, the Real Account posted 
I say real account, we're a real account. I should say the main account. Uh, they're preaching, they post videos like however many days until the home opener. Landon's here, there was one with Quay, there was a combined one a couple days ago with Z and, uh, and Bryce. So the players want it. Let's give them what they want because if if the if the obviously if the if the crowd's there, they will play even up to even more that they're capable, and they really want it. And like I said, what Brian Mullins is preaching about, the players love playing at home, and football does too. So we yes, like you said, we need to reward them for all of this. Uh, so yeah, a lot of players are pumped for that. Tweets everywhere. Bryce did tweet because they're all tweeting. Pack the pound. Let's have a dog party this Saturday. So. It's all pop. Let's reward them all, as we've talked about. So there's that. Now, no, let's get into the big the big thing, obviously, for this entire thing is previewing Dayton. The Dayton Flyers, we've talked about how they did not play at all last year due to COVID. They did play in 2019. We talked in the uh, opening uh, presser this week that Nick mentioned that, and he was asked about it, and he said that doesn't matter because they have pretty much have the same players on the team that they still go off tape, and overall that doesn't really make that big a difference. So there's a big article on this. A lot of stuff we could talk about. No, let's get into what Dayton has to offer, what we can expect tomorrow. Yeah, they are 1-0 and coming off a win against Eastern Illinois, 17-10. to They trailed 3 nothing at halftime. They scored all 17 of its points in the third corner. They're led by 13th season head coach Rick Chamberlain. He has a record of 94 and 41 in his time there. We, as we know, the Pioneer Foot, they are part of the Pioneer Football League, which is a non, a non scholarship football league. We have looked into it. They are offered some academic scholarships to help with their times going to college. Um, they were picked fourth in the Pioneer League Football League behind um, Davidson, San Diego, and Drake. They were picked fourth. So we know that they have a – they're led by quarterback Jack Cook, who is preseason first team in – or preseason all-league in the Pioneer League, along with running back Jake Chisholm Hall. They are their two big guys on that offensive side of the ball. As we know, their defense, led by linebacker Zach Rumkey. And DB Brandon Easterling, who is a stud, as we know, they have a, they have a good place kicker, Sam Webster. So those are their all preseason picked Pioneer League teams, Pioneer League first team Pioneer League team members. Um, Brandon Easterling was named the Pioneer League Football Co-Defensive Player of the Year, which after leading the Flyers in tackles in Week One, eight and two big plays, forced a fumble and a 29-yard punt return to set up UD's final 10 points. So Brandon Easterling is a guy to watch. Um, SIU is the highest-ranked FCS team Dayton has ever played. So wow. that is a big one to watch. They are a uh, – no matter if they're a scholarship or not, they are led by some good guys. I believe um, – if I can find it here, do you have your, anything to put on them? Yes, it says that we are uh, – well, we haven't played them in – 47 years uh, the last meeting that we ended up winning 38 to 16 back in October almost to the day I guess 47 years uh, we are three two and one lifetime against them so we've been playing a long time they've never met since we both dropped from the FBS um, and then it says our only game versus another PFL the Pioneer Football League team was October 14 2000 against Drake 
Um, so yeah, it's been a long time since we played him. That's an understatement. So we've talked about how before uh, the Dan Patrick show that Dan Patrick went to Dayton and we talked about how one of his co-guys on there, Paul Patch, was from SAU. They haven't talked about it. We were hoping they would. We'll talk about it on Monday with them. But uh, So there are obviously, overall, we know they had a guy drafted, Adam Troutman, uh, last year by the Saints, Saints. So besides having NFL talent, they have big-time alumni there as well. So uh, we know the basketball program is really good in the A-10. So we're, hope, we're hoping that we're expecting to kill him. We'll get into that here shortly. We'll get into more details, but um, this is a respectable team. We'll get into some quotes by Nick by Nick Hill. But you got anything else to add before I do that? Yeah, they have uh, nine new starters on the offensive side of the ball. They have four new starters on the defensive side of the ball. They have 26 true freshmen on the roster, 21 earned all-conference honors in high school, 11 were all-district or all-region, and 10 were all-state. So they were Ohio? What? Or I guess everywhere they're from, they're everywhere they're from. I wonder yes. how many local guys they have. That's I they probably have a lot of ties locally. Uh, as I said, Jack Cook, he was eighteen of thirty-two last week for one hundred and thirty-four yards and a touchdown. They're they're good running back Jake Chisholm Hall, 27, 27 attempts for eighty-four yards and a touchdown. He also led them in receiving ten for sixty-five and a touchdown. As I said, Brandon Easterling is the guy to watch out on the defensive side of the ball. Some quotes that Nick Hill had uh, whenever he was done talking about the Kansas State and his Monday presser had mentioned, yeah, how well of a coached football team they are. They got an outstanding program. We're looking forward to number one, growing and getting better as a football team at home. We've been on the road for the past two weeks in different environments, so we're excited to be at home in Suzuki Stadium. Our team will be ready to go. I can promise you that. And we are looking forward to practice and excited for the opportunity to go out and get another win. And then I mentioned how he was asked about them not playing that last year, and he said he doesn't think it'll affect our preparation. Obviously, you'd like to have more game film, but it's like playing a team the first week of the season or Kansas State being the first man between the teams. With only one game to watch as far as film goes, you are also only going off of one year's tape. We have to be concentrated on what we do and what we can't control and executing. So whatever they put out there, I feel that it's the same coordinators so we're going to put together a plan to play fast, play physical, and execute. And you mentioned all their key guys. Just defensively, yeah, they're running back, Jake Chisholm. Nick said he's a good player. He did a great job in 2019 as well. They do a good job on offense as far as different schemes, run game, throwing the ball, using all five el- eligibles, all five out of the backfield. They are well coached. We can't give them anything easy. And he, we mentioned how well he talked about them. You know, he's obviously not going to downplay them and say that, well, we obviously we should beat them. He's saying that to themselves, and I'm sure he knows that we should. But, yeah, no, they do. You read some of their defensive player, then Jake Chisholm, and then you mentioned others too. But there are some standouts on this roster, and Jake Chisholm is one of them, another guy who we know running backs do do well against us, even though you're Deuce Vaughn and you're going to the NFL soon. Uh, in the past, we've struggled against the run game, and maybe this one. We're hoping this doesn't happen again, though, with Jake, right? Yeah, he, he's a tough, tough running back to handle. Um, they are going to bring. They like to run the ball a lot. I think they average like 143 rushing yards a game. I think last close to that. Um, last time Dayton was uh, played a ranked team was back in 2019, where they went to Terre Haute and upset the 15th ranked Sycamores of Indiana State. So that is a big one to watch. Um, the Flyers entered the season entered the season with the fifth best winning percentage in the FCS. 
Since 2000, I've produced the most academic All-Americans at any level of competition in the same time frame. The top five winnings percentage is North Dakota State, Harvard, Montana, and San Diego. Um, I, know, I will mention this uh, since our defense wants to talk about um, shutting out teams. Dayton has not been shut out in a school record 488 straight games. The best such active string in all of college football. So if your defense want to break a big-time record and shut somebody out, that would be a great time. That's unbelievable. Out. I'm so glad you gave that stat because it correlates what we've said before and what we've said recently with how good we were at Kansas State that were that could have been a thing. But that, that's hilarious. And I, especially if that's the number one in college football, 400 games. How many years is that? That's at least 20 years. Oh. I, mean, that, I mean, that's – yeah, we don't even want to count there. So – you're right, breaking a big record like that would be something. So we shouldn't underlook these guys. But there are some other things here, some other stats. And and home openers for us, we are 9-2 and two in, in Suzuki Stadium, which opened obviously 11 years ago. And we are 61-37-7 all-time in home opening games. So we like our odds in that favor with our former record and our history. And in Suzuki Stadium, we know it opened them. It's the 12th season for it. We are 31 and 27 all time there. And this is Nick Hill's, uh, or his uh, Suki Stadium coaching record is an even 500, 13 and 13. So we, we mentioned some home games we have this year that we'll get to more down the road when the time comes. But we're hoping that is definitely uh, breaks apart from 500 for the good. Obviously, we're hoping that is the case. So. Uh, yeah, we mentioned some players to watch. They know, obviously, players to watch from our perspective. Uh, so anything else you know to add on specifically on Dayton before we get into our picks for tomorrow? Yeah, this is going to be a well-coached football team, so let's not overlook them too much. This is going to be a well-played football game. We know what our team is capable of, so we know if our team plays at our expectations, we know what they can do. So... Yeah, it's going to be a, hopefully a good crowd and a good football game. Yes, and I say we roll on into, we said we don't underlook them. We're hoping or it might be a good game. Let's get into now though, what we think the score will be because, as we know, you know we took care of SEMO on the road. This is our home opener. Like we said, Nick is 500 here, but we're, this is his best team he's ever had. We're riding high off of almost beating Kansas State and how pumped these guys are for it that we're hoping we come out with fireworks ablaze and offensively and great defensive play. Uh, so, Noah, let's get to some – yeah, the final score predictions I said before, yeah, I'm not going to pick in the shutout, even though it would be great to break that record. I will go with a final score of us, 45, and them, 13. I said 45, I think maybe the SEMO game, it seems like an appropriate – a lot of points, but not too high to an extent. It depends how much on the gas you are throughout the whole thing. And then I think Dayton will score. I think there will be, you know, they're always going to have slip-ups. They'll always have people after the game saying, well, we could have done this better, even defensively off the great game they had. They'll allow at least a touchdown in all field goals or vice versa. I'm going to go with a big 32-point victory. Yeah, that's a big, big win for the uh, – that would be a big win. Uh, I actually went with a final score – I think it's been a high-scoring affair, fifty-six to twenty-four. That's what I think it'll be. We're gonna put some points on the board. Uh, we know what our offense is capable of, and yes, there uh, we know we do our weekly picks, and uh, there is not a spread out yes. yet. So, 
Unfortunate. I think I if I were to set it, if I was Vegas, I'd put it about 14 and a half, and we both would take SAU minus 14 and a half. If it comes out, we will let you know what we picked on the post game. Uh, we both would take the over in the game as well, so I would say that would be good. So that's yeah, about eighty percent of the over would be from our doing. And yes, you said fourteen around fourteen and a half. I, I think we we're, were just talking today, and I think I said around seventeen or eighteen, almost what exactly what ours was against Kansas State, but ours might be a little bigger than that. So. They knew what we were going in there, and we know how we are against Dayton. So it's going to be interesting. Yes, as you mentioned, we will talk about it in the post when we talk about what it was, but we're giving our predictions now, minus the odds and the over, as you talked about. So let's get in now. Uh, we'll end with this, but we'll talk about what the attendance. We already sneak peek it, snuck, sneak, whatever you say, peaked it before. About obviously it holds 15,000. Everyone else is hoping for at least a full sellout crowd. We do not think that will be the case. I will set it around. If we were to do an over-under, I'm not sure if we'll do that. But if we were to pick a number for each of us, I'll say it will be around the, between 9,000 to 9,500 fans there. I think, yeah, we know it can show out. We, we mentioned how we want it to at least be half. I think it will be over half. And because we mentioned, I mean, there's a lot of seats there. Because I was going to say, I went on whenever they did the link to the tickets that there were a lot of green available. And I know I clicked the area that we're thinking we'll sit. But... Uh, a lot of green available, but I know a lot of people don't always buy online. A lot of people are going to be banking on buying it at the stadium like we are. So, no 9,500 at least. Where are you feeling on that? Yeah, I am not quite that high. I went with a total of, which I know it's not very high, but I went with 6,772 people in the stadium. Oh, specific. Oh. Yes, I went very specific. And if you hit, then... Go buy a lottery ticket. So that's my number, and it's low, but I just think I know this team's had – it's built for success, and but I don't know, just something with me just feels like this community is not coming out to support. Yeah, I know. There's always a devil, devil's advocate within us all that we preach it, and it hasn't come to fruition over the course of the last couple of years, but it hasn't really been warranted, I think – because they mentioned in the doghouse that, you know, if you had got people on the fence before, but they see your performance against Kansas State, you know, the casuals of the world, that they see that, oh, they played with them, oh, we'll go see. They might be good if they don't fully know, obviously, that we put out there and what we know our team is. Plus the weather may be a factor. The weather could play in a factor. We mentioned before off air that this whole thing with Liz and everything could push a lot of people away and how it makes the program look, which we talked about. We don't want that to be the case, but it could be the case. Um, but we talked about, you know, because it is a 6 o'clock game, it's different than a noon game maybe where people wake up on a Saturday and knowing they go tailgate. You can obviously still tailgate. It's arguably better if it's throughout the entire day before six before night game under the lights. So I think there will be a lot of people tailgating. We know the area, Saluki Row, that it is over there, that it can be good. We have experienced that. So we are hoping that a lot of people come on out. By God and give the team what this deserves, as we've said. So we're, those are our attendance picks. Now, Noah, our pre-dogs of the game. This was tough just thinking about because we mentioned before how we don't know the status of James Caesar. 
because we know, like we said, he left the game before halftime with a stinger of his arm. It looked like we saw him running off, but we know he was in the huddles and he was on the sidelines cheering the guys on. He didn't have anything on his arm, if I remember correctly. Kind of wrapped. A little bit wrapped, and he was just kind of like holding it out, keeping it away from whatever. So we don't know the status on our All-American. We know he struggled recently. But, you know, so that means a guy has to step up, and we know David Miller is in the wings for that. So he is an option. But for defense, I will go with – actually, I said that not even really knowing. I'll let you pick so I can think about mine because I was thinking of someone on the defensive line, but i got to be specific here, so go ahead. Yeah, since we're starting with defense, I went with David Miller not knowing the status of James. I know James is the type that he wants to play – so if there's any chance he can put a club on his hand, he will play. So that will be a bigger chance for him to punch the ball out maybe. But we see guys club up those hands if he's, there's a broken thing in there. So that would be a big one. But So I went with David Miller. I like that pick a lot because if James isn't playing, which we don't know the status, like I said, that's your pick, but we don't even know. Heck, yeah, if James does play and he doesn't play a lot, David will be playing, so it's still eligible for that. And I like that because I don't think they'll go at P.J. Jules if they know James Hughes in the game. They'll go at his replacement, so I really like that pick. I will go with because I know they'll run the ball and they've been sticking out uh, Chisholm, that, they are, that he is a good runner. I will go with – I guess I will go with – I'll stick with uh, – uh, Bryce Notary because it seems like a safe pick and it's not whatever I'm thinking because we have all these guys who are so good against Kansas State and we know how important the linebacker position is with stopping the run. We know he's everywhere. He leads the team in tackles. It's a safe pick and it's off the top of my head because I couldn't decide on anybody. Uh, but I know Bryce because we know how excited he is that he will be showing out. I'm, I'm predicting 15 tackles for Bryce Notary, but I say that, but he might not play a lot if we're killing him. So. He might come out of the game, so I shouldn't pick like a Barola or somebody. But I'll stick with Bryce. I'll stick it because we've sit, remember, mentioned before about, uh, you know, because you said offensive dogs of the game, it was the whole offensive line. I could say the whole linebacking corps, the Colby Coleman's and all of them, Mikel Calhoun's, Jakari Patterson. So I will go with the linebacking corps. The defensive dog, Noah, kick off your offensive dog. Yeah, that's a cheap way out, but – uh. Offensive has struggled a little bit last week, but going with a big bounce back game, throwing for over 400 yards, Nick Baker. Big time. I can definitely see that. Uh, we know because it was a tough defense he faced at the Big 12 level. He didn't get – he held on the ball too long. I think he was a little nervous, blah, blah, blah. He was frustrated after the game. Yes, he was frustrated, so he will bounce back. I do like that pick a lot. Uh, I will go with Ty Daniel. I think – because we know how good he was at SEMO. If Nick does throw the ball, we know Tice will play in a factor. I was going to go with Avante with a bounce back game, but we know he'll be himself. We almost went with Javon. We hope Javon does a lot. We understand because they preached it on Monday, and I think either one of the posts that they Donovan Spencer might be in this game. We saw the return of Romero Elliott, and they mentioned how they want to get Donovan going. So whether he's been dealing with something, they've been keeping him out. We might see him tomorrow, hopefully. He could be a sneaky dog of the game. I will go with Ty Stano, though, for blocking purposes to get the run game going and to go out wide to, and catch some big passes, as we know he can. So those are ours, but we'll end here, Noah, with special teams. And it's it's not – obviously, there's options, but there seemed like some you know some definite guys at that. Yeah, I went with one. Uh, maybe we have a chance to do it this game or something, have something schemed up, special team side of the ball. 
I went with Isaiah Hartrip return game. I think he could have a big return to the, this tomorrow night. Maybe that's what we need to spark something on the offense to get him going right away. So I went with Isaiah Hartrip. He's going to have a, maybe a kickoff return touchdown. I could definitely see it because I we don't know because we know our guys like uh, Nico can kick it out of the back at the back of the end zone. We're not sure if those guys can. We're not going to say if they can or can't because they probably will. But if they don't and they kick it to Isaiah, we hope that he will take it out. Yes. And we, we mentioned the return of Donovan Spencer, that he could be on uh, kickoffs as well. I'm going to go with, because well, there is a lot of fair catches. I think if Javon gets the chance, he will break out. We're not going to pick the Jacks and the Negroes of the world because we know they'll show out. Hopefully we won't even see a lot of Jack. And we get opportunities for Nico to bounce back off his big miss that we know could have definitely changed the game. We know we hate, he's uh, frustrated about that. Uh, so I will go with Javon to, if he's not, if they're not giving him what he wants and what we want him offensively, if they get the Donovans of the world going in the game, we think we should win. He don't use Javon as much that he can get going if the opportunities are there in the punting game. So those are our picks. We'll address these after to see who we picked and who the actual dogs of the game were post game. We're really excited. Obviously we both worked that day. We're glad it's a six o'clock game that we'll be able to make it. Uh, that we will try to get there at whatever point I might eat before, depending upon the time, but we will get there. We'll walk around, see how everything's going, and we will get our tickets and find our seats. Again, we're hoping everybody shows out because the team deserves it. We're hoping there's a big crowd of uh, tailgaters and a lot of students show out, and hopefully even Dayton brings a crowd to fill that place up. Uh, so we're hoping things get off to the right foot on the home games. We mentioned Nick's 500 record. We want that to skyrocket this year. So Noah, final thoughts of this before we head into tomorrow's game, before we talk, see everybody again on Monday. Yeah, it's a big bounce back game. We expect to uh, handle him with with pretty good our offense going, get it going again like it was at SEMO. Um they probably don't – they I guarantee they don't have as much speed as Kansas State. So let's get our offense rolling again, our defense. We know they're going to come to play every week no matter who we play. It's just if our offense is up to the – up to it, up to the standard of the game. So we hope that they bounce back big. Let's, let's get a big crowd out there. Rain or shine, I don't care. We'll bring out your ponchos. We're uh, probably a dollar down at the Dollar Tree. So get you a poncho, come out and support this team. Let's get more than I said 6,700 6, people out there. Let's let's pack the then students. We know you like to come out and tailgate. I know it's on a six o'clock game, so if you start too early, you won't make it to the game probably. So let's get a big crowd in the dog pound. We know our we could see our band for the first time live for in a long time. Yeah, so let's show out because we know we saw Kansas State's band on the field at halftime. We're, we're hoping to see ours. That'll set the tone, too, throughout the game. We mentioned the recruits that will be there. We want to show out for them as well. We know our offense will be there, and if our defense take care of the business, we do expect a blowout, but you never know. If you come off, especially if we were to beat Kansas State, but if we came off you know, a little bit of lazadaisical at a game like this, we can understand, but we know the fight is there and the want to win is there because we barely lost. So, yes, we're expecting fireworks. We're expecting... A nice start to the home part of the schedule before we get into the ever-important conference play. So, for Nick Malone, this is the Dayton preview of the Dogs football podcast. Until we talk about the post on Monday, see you then. Go Dogs.